Hey, sports fans, 4th and 99 has another exciting show for you tonight. So join David, Keith, and Matt as they discuss how the bye week benefited the Broncos, contract extensions and what they mean, Thanksgiving football games, and much, much more. Make sure that you tune in tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Standard Time to 4th and 99. Broadcasting from the heart of the Colorado Rockies, it's 4th and 99 with your hosts, David Slade, Keith Brookman, and Matt Stapiero. Now let's talk football here on 4th and 99. All right, good evening, sports fans. How you doing this evening? Welcome to another episode of 4th and 99. I'm David. I'm joined by... As usual by Matt. Hey. Matt, how you doing this evening? And we got Keith along with us as well. Keith, how you doing tonight? Doing fantastic, Dave. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Hey, before we roll too far, let's go ahead and uh, mention our sponsor, Willow Seasonings and Blends. They had a a little bit of spice to your life, so go ahead and check them out. All right, guys, Broncos coming off a bye week. Um, sort of a lot of lot to talk about, you know, even just coming off a bye week. Um, so um, let, let's dive into this really quick. We're going to talk uh, most uh, – we'll start out with injuries, you know, COVID, things like that, where we're at. So, Matt, um, we got Garrett Bowles who, you know, had his, had his injury, missed two weeks, and now he's tested for COVID. Not sure if he's going to go or not. He has to test a negative two two consecutive days. I don't know where he's at on that, so we'll find out later in the week. But could be another uh, another shot for Calvin Anderson to to try out, you know, or uh, you know maybe prove that he can be the guy at right tackle. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, definitely. I think you know he's he's stepped in and he's played well. I know he made a statement earlier that he he likes playing left tackle. That was natural to him. Uh, that was his position in college. But, uh, I, I mean, if anything, that he's been playing relatively well in this fill-in role. And, and you know, Bobby Massey's on an expiring contract. Calvin Anderson's on an expiring you know, contract. Uh, I mean, he, he has. it's to the point where he's had, a, you know, enough of, you know, time with Denver to, to, for them to know if this is the guy or not. Is this the guy that I can step in at right tackle? He's going to be cheaper than what it would be to bring back Bobby Massey. It's going to be cheaper than what it would be to go and pursue someone out, a big name on the market. Uh, I mean, he's homegrown and he's with Mike Munchak. I guess the big thing is going to be who's going to be coaching staff next year. Who's the offensive line coach? Because uh, if new line coach may want to completely, you know, target right tackle and say, I have a guy in the draft. So that's really what it's going to be. But I do think there's a good chance Calvin Anderson comes back. But I think if, if he's not going to be given the right tackle spot, just hand it over. I think he's going to have to battle for it. Right. No, and I, I agree with that. And Keith, I mean. If Bowles comes back, I mean, what what part of the game do you think that really improves the most? The running game for us, the passing game. I mean, where do you think we get the most benefit with Garrett Bowles coming back? For me, it's it's going to be in the passing game. I think he anchors that side very well. He's developed really well. Um, he's always been a great pass blocker, but now he's a great NFL pass blocker. Um, but I think secondarily, it's all in his leadership as well. Um, he anchors that side and gives leadership um, to everyone down that side of the line. Um, he's turned his whole game around, his career around. At one point, we wanted him gone because of penalties. Now he's one of the least penalized guys, and he's one of the best-rated blockers in the league when he's on the field. Yeah, definitely. So um, question for both of you guys, um, and we'll go with Matt first. Um, 
So this week, whoever's lining up at left tackle is going to face Joey Bosa. So do you want Calvin Anderson out there who's who's played the last two weeks, you know, and sort of gotten into rhythm, and he's played decently, if you ask me. Or do you want a Garrett Bowles who's coming off an injury, you know, just recovering from COVID? I mean, what, what's your thoughts, Matt? Uh, I would leave Anderson out there um, because, one, you know, the one thing we know with Garrett Bowles is he's he's known to get in his own head at times. And we see holding penalties, you know, out of position, poor technique when he gets inside his head. It's something he's, you know, admitted is an issue at times. Uh, this may not be the best game to send a uh, not fully healthy Garrett Bowles back to. Joey Bosa can wreak havoc. Joey Bosa has given Garrett Bowles a difficult time in the past. And the one thing you don't want is the guy you just paid all the money to to get inside his own head and have a disastrous end to this season uh, just because he wasn't ready to come back. We've had, you know, discussions uh, about other players, players coming back too soon from injury. We, you know, we could talk about the Trady Bridgewater. We could talk about the Patrick Sertan. Well, while they both had their ups and, you know, pros and cons, it, it's the same question here. Uh we don't really know what his health is. We don't know how big of an impact COVID had on him. We don't really know where the ankle's at. Um, just because you're cleared, you know, to come back doesn't mean you're 100%. So I would sit him one more week and, uh, you know, let's see what happens. So, and Keith, the same question to you. I mean, would you rather roll uh, Garrett Bowles out there or would you rather uh, just let Calvin Anderson continue going and let him have a shot at Joey Bosa? Yeah, um, kind of same, same but different reason, I guess, for me. I, I would uh, go with Calvin Anderson. Um, I think right now we're in a role, um, and I just want to continue to see him out on the field. Uh, he's been playing well. Uh, you know, I don't think that Garrett Bowles is going to be 95%. Matt said over and over and over again, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Uh, I, I, we don't know, but I doubt he's 95% and, and able to take the field. So that being said, unless he's – basically 100% healthy. I'm putting I'm not putting him on the field. I'm going to put Calvin Anderson out there and I'm going to let him roll. So um, yeah. the only and thing I would say is as Matt I, I just have to disagree with you Matt as far as one thing. <laughs> I got to disagree. Teddy Bridgewater was not hurt that bad. And well we, we, I know that we've had that discussion in the past but we're going to have that again some another day, I'm sure. We'll we'll so. we'll for the sake of the show today, I'll let yes. you have this one. Keith. All right, yeah, we'll I'll, we'll, one we'll table we'll table that. So um, absolutely. And then we got a comma a comment from Buwanabe saying Anderson's footwork is the big question, and going against somebody as athletic as uh, Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa looked like a beast the other night. You know, of course, he was going against a. A, a Pittsburgh offensive line that's just destroyed, you know, with injuries and everything else. But yeah. Joey Bosa looked really good. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I'm not sure, but I, I don't want to – I agree with Matt. I don't want to roll Garrett Bowles out there and let the guy have a bad game, and then next thing you know, it's in his head, you know, and then then, then we got problems, so. Yeah, right. I mean, Garrett Bowles, real quick, Garrett Bowles, I mean, he's come very far from where he was. Uh, I mean, or he wouldn't have gotten a large contract. He's worked on some of those mental issues. He's credited Mike Munchak for a lot of that, uh, you know. So if he did come out and did play this week and he did make those mistakes, I'm confident that he could come back from it. I mean, he he's, his resiliency has shown through, and that's why he got the large contract. So I have faith in him if he does come out and have a bad game that he will bounce back. Okay. All right. Let's move on. This guy's been off the field for a long time. 
Keith Bradley Chubb, you know, how do they handle him? You know, are, are, are they going to limit him? Are they, I mean, the guys had a lot of time to, to rest up, you know, so. Yeah. I, I, the question is, is are they going to, or will they? And if anything we've seen, as Matt was pointing out, we haven't been a very tentative team and making sure the players coming back from injuries don't get playing time. I mean, they get plenty of playing time. They're starters and they're starters throughout the entire game. Um, I think if he comes back, if he's out on the field, I expect him to be out there, you know, at least, you know, 75, 80% of his workload, if not more, uh, from where he was at before. So um, whether that's the right plan, I'm not sure. It's, it's worrisome to me that he's been out there so long tending to this injury. And I know a bye week makes it a little bit longer, uh, maybe fictitiously, but it's been a long time since we've seen Bradley Chubb. It's time for him to hit the field. Yeah, it definitely has been a long time. I sometimes even forget the guys on our roster sometimes. So until so, Matt brings him up, and, and every time Matt brings him up, he brings up this thing. Is Bradley Chubb a bust? And I hate to use that term, especially for somebody who's dealing with injuries. You know, I Because we all know Bradley Chubb has the talent. When Bradley Chubb is healthy, he is very good. So I don't want to label him a bust. I mean, what what's your opinion on that, Keith? Oh, oh, skipping Matt. I see how it is. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Welcome to you, Matt. We're going to let you finish it up. Fine. I mean, you got. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it's almost like you. I thought you were going to say you. You said sometimes I forget he's on the team, and then you said because of his injury. Well, sometimes I forget he's on the team when he's on the field. So, I, I might, in my opinion, yeah, I think he, in, in some ways, he is a bust just because. Like you said, he's very good. Well, very good for the draft pick that we took in him is is not good enough. You know, you just talk about a guy like Joey Bosa. That's what a draft pick looks like when you're taken at the top of the board. So for me, between injuries and then his overall performance, he hasn't shown me anything when he's not on the field with without um, Von Miller on the field as well. If those two are on the field, yeah, he can shine. But Anybody can shine when Von Miller's on the other side in his prime. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, he's he's definitely, in my opinion, yeah, he, there's not much. Maybe if he comes back at the end of the season, he puts on a show, maybe he's not a bust, but he's sure leaning that way. All right, Matt. Okay. Well, Less I'll than be nice. 500 words. Not going to okay. happen. It's never going to happen. It's, it has to happen, Matt. We got a I show. Will, we got a got a 10, too. I will be nice, and I will not label him a bust yet because it's difficult to, to evaluate it because of the injuries. But what I will say is where it's trending, kind of uh, you know similar to what Key said, this was a gentleman who was taken with the fifth overall pick. There was franchise quarterbacks possibly on the board. There was a, a you know an all pro offensive guard on the board who people were were automatically saying this guy's a Hall of Fame lock, and. and the, you know, our management team felt this confident that this guy would be such a dominant force on the field that it was worth investing in right now. When you had a quality guy like Shaq Barrett, possibly, you know, you had uh, you already had Von Miller, but they felt that Bradley Chubb was going to be a game changer. And due to injuries, we haven't been able to see that. But when we've seen him on the field with Von Miller, yeah, he's been a game changer. But when we've seen him by himself, he was getting beaten up by double teams. He was still getting pressures. Uh, it, it was just not an 
an overly efficient rate. He, you know, we compare him to the counterpart in, in Von Miller, who who beats double teams all the time. He just has not lived up to the prowess of what you would think a top five pick would be. And uh, if he can't come back, it, it, if he does come back, and he can't show that he could be dominant with you know Bradley Cooper. I'm not Bradley Cooper. What am I saying? Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> um, then I mean I don't know. I mean or even Malik Reed. We've seen we we seen him just get eaten alive last year by uh, double teams, and uh, he had a Pro Bowl season. But I mean it's still we ask ourselves was it dominant? And it wasn't. And I don't think it will be. No, and I and I get where both of you are coming from. A guy that's picked at that spot in in the draft is supposed to be a difference maker, and he just hasn't done it. I just I just hate to use the word bust. You know, I mean. But we'll talk about we'll talk about bust later in the show. Too. I like this comment really here. But one of these comes in and says, honestly, I thought Chubb was going to the Browns that year at four. Do you know how bad I wish he would have went to the Browns at four? Well, there's a whole bunch. <laughs> of, there are a lot of Bronco fans that wish the Browns would have taken him at four, Matt. So, Do you know why? Because uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, <sighs> that's water under the bridge, and nothing we can do about it. So that's true. All right, so. We just need to come out. We need to see Bradley Chubb make an impact the rest of the season. I mean, and hopefully we can move away from that bus tag. Stay healthy. And uh, do you guys agree? Stay healthy and, you know, at least have some sort of impact, have some game-changing plays. Is that what you need to see from this guy to say, you know what, I'm not going to count on matters of bust yet? Keith? I need to see him dominate his side of the line. I need to see him take double teams and beat double teams. I need to see him, you know, be the sack master that he's supposed to be. I mean, a number – he's number five. He's number five pick. He should he should be dominating one side of the line. And if he's, you know, if he's taking that double team and Cooper's getting sacks, so be it. You know, I can I can take that. But he has to be dominant on that side. Yeah, and, and Matt, same thing, really quick, and then we're going to move on to our next topic. I mean, I he's mean, gonna. I mean, he's gonna have to be. I mean, Denver did just, you know, pick up his fifth year option earlier this year. He's looking at, uh, you know, a little over twelve million uh, towards the cap next season. For if you're going to get paid twelve million dollars, we need to see some production next year. Right. So maybe if he comes back, plays well, maybe he's a, uh, maybe he's Matt, a trade piece in. Uh, going after one of these veteran quarterbacks. So, all right. Risky, risky, risky business. George Payton, George Payton was a busy guy this week, you know, and it, heck, it's only Tuesday. So he's, he's been a, a busy guy. So we locked up our top two receivers, Cortland Sutton and, and Tim Patrick. I mean, Cortland Sutton signs a four year, $60.8 million deal. Tim, Tim Patrick signs a three year, $30 million deal. So we're sitting and we're looking at what 90 or 34 million. I'm sorry. So we're looking at $94 million, almost $95 million for two receivers. So <clears throat> I got a question. James Merlat, 1043 to fan. I'm sure everybody knows who he am, who he is. He wrote an article today. And, and everyone, save your shots because James will be on the show next week and you guys can come. You can ask him. All the questions you want about why he thinks that Jerry Judy is a bust and the Broncos are deeming him a bust by these moves that they just made. So I want to get your opinion, Matt. I mean, do you think 
that the Broncos are giving up on uh, Jerry Judy already. No. It's an asinine thought. I'll have to get James Reasoning, or, or I have not had a chance to read this article, but, you know, and just blatantly, no. You want less than 500 words, there it is. No, 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 no. He's not a bust. Uh, he's got elite footwork. Yes, he's battled some injuries. He's had drops last year. But this is what we've seen on the field this year has been an improved product. Uh, unfortunately, he did have the injury. But but we, we, we've we hit this on the show how many times. The biggest thing that, would, that Jerry Judy provides is a distraction. He takes up the middle. He, he captivates the middle of the field because of his route running ability and what he can do when he gets the ball in his hand. Uh, I can't believe anyone would deem him a bust this quickly. Uh, I mean, is he putting up C.D. Lamb numbers? No. Is he putting up Justin Jefferson numbers? No. Uh, you know, but what do they also have? They have a legitimate quarterback. It's kind of hard to label a receiver a bust when you you haven't had a legitimate quarterback, you know, throwing the ball. So no, he's not a bust. What I will say though is these contract extensions do make me wonder if he is expendable. That doesn't mean he's a bust, but is he has he become expendable, especially when we talk about pursuit of uh, moving up in the draft, targeting a young rookie quarterback that way, targeting a veteran quarterback. Uh, I mean, the wide receiver room, it was crowded and now it's, you know, they, it's going to stay crowded. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle Jerry Judy moving forward. Okay, Keith. So you, we talked about Bradley Chubb. You draft a guy that high, the guy's a difference maker. He's a playmaker. He's, you know, that's why we're sort of sitting here saying, is Bradley Chubb a bust? Jerry Judy drafted what? 15th, 15th pick. That guy's supposed to be a difference maker. He's not a difference maker. He wasn't a difference maker last year. He had drop problems, you know. Um, he's he's done all right this year. I mean, nothing, you know, flashy or um, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, um, what? Um, Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback still. Anyway, <laughs> Keith, what are your thoughts? I mean, is Jerry Judy trending towards being a bust? Uh, um, me and Matt are just going to be in agreement. I was about crying after his last segment, how much he was, uh, you know, in, in complete agreement with me and on Bradley Chubb and, and I'm going to be in agreement here. I don't think you can judge a wide receiver in this offense as a bust or a non bust. Um, I don't think that a, he's being used to his full potential and B I think, yeah, he had a terrible first year. His drops were driving me crazy, but this last year, before the injury, after after the injury, I think he's performing quite well. Um, I don't I don't consider him bust material material at all. If anything, I just see upside. I loved what he what, what I saw from him in the off season. He worked hard. He, his uh, training camp looked fantastic. His footwork was wonderful. And then he goes out and he gets an injury. Um, so he's on his way back. Give him a little bit of time. Um, don't don't declare him a bust yet, especially in an offense like this um, i would say a pat Shermer offense not a teddy bridgewater offense but that's okay good point it's saying it's very good point he's got two two things working against him right now but i want to pose a question i'm hijacking the show for a second i want to pose a question to you dave uh, you know we're talking about jerry judy let's talk about the counterpart wide receiver that was drafted the same year in kj hamlet who who's not really seen the field uh, unfortunately he's been oft injured and when he has actually been on the field it's been a minimal impact. I mean, we, you know, he's, is he a distraction? Sure. But he he's, hasn't really been utilized to his potential 
granted, I know you're probably going to go when, off the crutch of we don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball deep. We have Pat Shermer's offense. But I, I want to pose that question to you. Is KJ Hamler closer to being a bust than Jerry Judy? Okay, first off, Matt, I'm not going to use the cop out that you used that about a we don't have a quarterback in Pat Shermer. KJ Hammer was drafted in the second round. He was drafted as a speed guy that is here to take the top off the defenses. He's not drafted to be your number one wide receiver that Jerry Judy was. Jerry Judy now, Jerry Judy who you drafted as your number one guy, you just signed two guys to huge contracts, you know? That that sort of signals to me that, hey, maybe the Broncos aren't confident that this guy can be the number one guy. So we need to wrap up Tim Patrick, and we need to rack up, wrap up Cortland Sutton. But uh, I think KJ where you're Hamler, wrong there. Just, I, oh, there I, you go. go I think K.J. Hamler is <laughs> trending to more of a bust than Jerry Judy. You, we just signed two guys to huge contracts, big contracts. I I look at those contracts and I think they are fantastic contracts. Oh, I they think they're are. They're, they're cheap deals. contracts. I, I think that that gives you plenty of room to still make signings that you need to sign. And it doesn't it doesn't count out. It certainly doesn't count out Judy in my day in my mind. KJ Hamler, I, I think, might have to be coming in at a little bit bigger of a discount in comparison to where he was at in the past. You know, if he wants to stay with this Broncos team, maybe even take over just some returning duties. But That's I, where he's I, going. I, I don't. I don't think at all that you know these signings signaled, especially from a from a dollar perspective. I think these were they're great signings, and I just want to not to hijack the show myself, but I just want to say this: this all you want. Th- this is a complete different team than what we've seen in the past where it was John Elway making these decisions. I don't know how many times I was sick and tired of waiting and waiting and waiting for these contracts to get done for for meaningful players on our team, waiting through the offseason, putting franchise tags on guys and and waiting this out. No, we go out and we get Cortland Sutton signed. We go out and we get Tim Patrick signed and we get him signed to good deals where before, you know, the rest of the market is set and the guy's saying, wait a second, I'd need more than this. No, I think these are fantastic signings, and I, I think it opens up the book for even more players to come in. No, and I, I agree. I, I think these are fantastic uh, signings. I even said it on Twitter uh, yesterday. I said, this is what happens. You get your guys at these prices when you don't let them hit the market. See, and that's where John Elway faltered all the time. John Elway would say, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to be Mr. Cheapskate, you know, and I'm going to go ahead and let you hit the market. And then, oh, I can't afford you now, and and we're losing players or we're just signing ridiculous contracts and stuff. And I think George Payton did a great thing here by signing these two guys in the middle of the season and don't even let them get to free agency. And Jerry, Judy, everybody save your questions. You you and Matt, get all your ammo together because James Merrillat will be on the hot seat next week, and you can have him explain why he thinks Jerry, Judy is a bust. There was a comment that I want to bring up, though. Joseph Guzman here does say Jerry Jerry doesn't have to be, uh, doesn't have the size of being number one, and he doesn't. What he is, he's you know, there's impact makers that can be drafted early. Jerry Judy's going to play the slot. We talk about second round not being drafted potential. What was Cortland Sutton narrative when we drafted him? We drafted him to be the number one guy eventually. So don't give me the second round pass for KJ Hamler. The issue with KJ Hamler is he was brought in to be a gadget type guy. He was brought in to be the the little guy who can slab in for the slot, be the Deshaun Jackson type player, and eventually convert to a returner. Um, 
and unfortunately we just had he's been injured we haven't had an offensive coordinator that's been able to utilize his strengths uh he has he been con- somewhat consistent when he sees the field sure yeah he had a pretty good season last season i'll give him that unfortunately the you know the leg injuries sidelined him for the year we also don't know what he's going to come back what, what he's going to look like after that injury he has a smaller player unfortunately being a small guy myself when we get rocked up or you know our bodies don't take it as well so uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what his role is. But uh, I don't think either one of them are a bust. I just wanted to see what your opinion was. Okay. Fair enough. And, and we'll talk to Mr. Merrillat about yeah. it next Do, week. Keith, so. you better get – we're going to have to chat, man. We're going to have to c- yeah. come after Keith. I mean, after James. So, all right. So we'll do you guys think that this is George Payton positioning himself to let, go after a top free agent? And the reason I say that is, you're not going to attract the free agent quarterback here if you just let two of your top receivers walk out the door. So, Keith, do you think this is George Payton maybe setting himself up to say, hey, look at all these toys that I just uh, acquired for you? You know, I think George Payton is probably the one, one of the best and un, most underrated GMs in his first year I've seen in a long time. And I don't think he's just setting himself up for a, maybe a big name quarterback. I think he's just setting up this team. This team is is looking stout with great contracts. Um, you know, we've moved on from Von Miller, and that's freed up a lot of space. We've we've made key signings like we have done. Um, we've got you know key players like Justin Simmons already locked up. I mean, we're in a just in a good position and he keeps signing great players even if people give him a bad time for see, signing guys from the Vikings he goes out and he gets Weatherly and it's fantastic signing a guy that we should be looking at maybe giving a contract at the end of the year as well i just like the the, the position that he's taken this team and that could be anything you could load up this team with a bunch of talent and go out and get a rookie style quarterback or a young quarterback and put him on this team um, you could go out and you could get a big name quarterback and still have plenty of weapons and talents in names like Patrick and Sutton. All right, Matt. And then to you really quick. I mean, do you think George Payton is, is doing this? And I know he's doing it for the betterment of the team. I mean, that that's always the goal of the general manager, but do you think he has a plan in place to bring some guys to attract, you know, a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, someone like that. Uh, absolutely to this team 100% absolutely he's just laid down to I think you said the combined total was roughly like 94 million dollars he just laid down the 94 million dollar red carpet to whatever veteran quarterback he wants to pursue or I mean same thing with Kisa or possibly a rookie that he wants to pursue we talk about the betterment of the team uh you know we we highlight Aaron Rodgers we highlight Russell Wilson we highlight Deshaun Watson all these other names but the the truth is it's going to cost us something to get them so they're not guarantees so he did do this for the betterment of the team but essentially he's laid out the red carpet saying you want to come here we're going to give you everything you you need to succeed that's what he did and the other part of this is we we didn't we talked about the contracts briefly but the combined total of these contracts on a yearly basis is uh, roughly 26 million dollars if my memory serves me correct 26 million dollars that's that's left us a gigantic amount of cap space that's that to to pursue that veteran quarterback to keep some key pieces like Kenny Young he 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 knocked it out of the park with these signings um you already know where I think this is going I know we'll talk about that a little bit more but yeah I think it's in the pursuit of a veteran quarterback yeah and, and we did take this question to the fans you know we asked the fans hey you guys what do you think 
what quarterback do you want George Payton to bring in? So we took a poll on Twitter, and this is the results that we got. So we'll have a graphic here in a second. The one thing I I, I was saying too. Ah, from, here we oh, go. The the yeah. magic the magic of uh of uh, the internet. All right. So we asked we asked him. We gave him four options. We said Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Sean Watson, or Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, and draft a rookie and let Teddy stick around for a couple years and develop uh, someone like uh, <clears throat> a rookie quarterback. So, and the the fan favorite is Russell Wilson. Is that shocking, guys, Keith? Kind of, yeah. I mean. I think he's a, a safe option. You know what I mean? At this point, I don't think he's producing like we saw in the first years of his of his career. You know, he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but, um, geez, I, I for me, if if I'm going out there, I hate to if I'm going out there and I'm spending the money, I'm just going to go after Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm not a proponent of doing that, but if you're going to go out there and you're going to make the splash and you're going to make all the cap room, get the right guy, get Aaron Rodgers, uh, and and put a team together behind him, I. For me, that's that is surprising. I I would have I would have guessed Aaron would be on top. So, another question, follow up to you. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to be thirty nine years old. You know how long does he play? Russell Wilson, who's thirty two years old, says he wants to play until he's forty, so he could have another eight years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could get here and play two years. Say, you know what, I'm done. Do you do you really want to make that move and then have that chance that? Two years later, you're sitting here sort of like we were after Peyton Manning left, and we have no plan. With Russell Wilson, you can go out, you can bring him in, and you draft a guy when he's getting close to the end for him to groom and and bring along. Well, for me, this graph and how the we were we were stacked on this graphic is exactly how I feel. I'm actually at the bottom down here with Teddy Bridgewater and draft a quarterback, me okay. personally. So if, I, if I'm voting, but for me, I mean – if I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to waste dollars, in my opinion, on a, on a, on a top quarterback, it, you know, a, a QB one, um, and the hope and the promise that you can get them here and everything meshes perfect and you can get a, a super bowl or two go for the guy who looks like he can get you a super bowl or two in the next year or two. Um, and I, in my opinion, that's Aaron Rodgers. It's not Russell Wilson. I don't think that Russell Wilson automatically on this Bronco team makes them a super bowl contender next year but do you guys see the same thing do you see that he's automatically you just sign put it down next year if we sign russell wilson no. in the offseason you're you're okay do you feel no, that way autom- it, with not, aaron Rodgers? no deshaun no, watson okay probably no down here with me i don't think anybody then, then let's ru- I, then this I, I mean, one, this should be all I mean, just a second this should all be flipped and then teddy bridgewater should be the answer well and, if we go to with teddy bridgewater then we have to sit here and listen to Matt for two more years talk about how the guy was so hurt and the Broncos rushed him back. Oh, that was a one timer <laughs> there, Dave. You're throwing low blows now, my friend. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's your what's your thoughts? What do you think uh, George is going to do? What would you do? Okay, so if you want what I would, uh, let's and really see. quick. Let me throw in a sponsor break really quick before you go, Matt. We just want to let you guys know that tonight's show is brought to you by Willow Seasonings and Blends. You know, make sure that you uh, check them out and put a little spice into your life. All right, Matt. All right, all right. We didn't, we're going to keep the momentum going here. So uh, uh, I'll kind of debunk these in the way that I, in my thought process. Russell Wilson, okay? 
Denver was nowhere near his list, his, his list of teams that he wanted to go to when there was the thought that there was a, a, a trade or that he was disgruntled in Seattle. Denver's name was nowhere on there. An AFC West rival was in Las, in Las Vegas, but it was all bigger markets. There was uh, Chicago. There was, uh, you know, a couple other teams. I can't rattle them off the head, but Denver was not included on that list. Russell Wilson has a new trade clause. You know, okay. let's go Fair. to Deshaun. Let's go to Deshaun Watson, who also has a no trade clause and a dead cap hit of $50 million, which means you're going to have to compensate the Texans mass at a way inflated price because you're paying them to hold on to that $50 million. So I, I think that one's almost as good as gone as well, which leaves you, uh, you know, unfortunately with, with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and as much as I don't want to, I feel it. I feel it in my gut that that is the top target for George Payton. Um, I feel that was a top target on draft day. I feel that that could have been the deterrent to not taking a Mac Jones or a, a Justin Fields because I think the, the eggs have been placed in the Aaron Rodgers basket for uh, from dating back to draft night. We heard the rumors. It was almost a done deal, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. They have been firmly placed in the hands of Aaron Rodgers. Now, if he chooses to stay in Green Bay, uh, I, I don't think there's a viable option out of these big three. So on this option list, what I would do is exactly what Keith would do. Stick with Teddy Bridgewater. What is wrong with you two tonight? You have the capital to you, quarterbacks are expected to slide. You know, Matt Corral is a top target. There's probably <laughs> not a good chance it's happening. It's probably not. There's a, you know, there's, it's unlikely, but it's not an, you know, it's not impossible. Sam Howell's out there. Sam Howell's is a diverse quarterback. Well, well let's, let's not look at the draft. Let's say there's a couple other veterans out there. Matt Ryan is virtually untouchable via trade. However, there is an out in his contract at the end of this season. If Atlanta feels it's time to move on, they haven't, they have, you know, they're in a good position in the draft to get a Matt Corral, get a Malik Willis. They can go that route if they want to. They're also in cap purgatory. So that might be a way to, for them to relieve and to officially start the rebuild. No, you're not going to rebuild your franchise around, with, you know, a, an aging quarterback. You're just not. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not going to rebuild your franchise. Rebuild it around okay. a, around an aging quarterback. It doesn't make so sense. So you're saying we're not in a rebuild mode here? I think George Payton has done it very well in putting a team together where it is. He said it himself. It's time to revamp. The core is okay. young. The so core it's is another, young. It's another John Elway approach of revamp instead of rebuild. But that's why I said that's so we're going to go get going. us a, a 39 year old quarterback and be I back. don't agree with what well, three I, years I we'll like all it. be back here talking about this again. All right, but, so what last thing the cost to obtain Aaron Rodgers will likely be less than what it would every other quarterback on that list. The cost to obtain him will be less because there's an agreement that he wants out. Green Bay knows that he does, he wants out. Teams have are going to look at it at the eight years. And look at the market. It's Pittsburgh. It's New Orleans. It's Carolina. It's Miami, possibly. They're, they all have something that they can give up. Those might be preferred destinations. I mean, everyone wants to get their hands on Aaron Rodgers, sure. But the cost to obtain due to age and him wanting to leave, knowing that he won't play, and they have the agreement already that he can he's done after this season unless he says he wants to stay, I think the cost to obtain in terms of draft compensation will be less. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on from that. We've beat that enough. Um, let's talk Broncos coming out of the bye. It was not a good week to go into the bye. We, you know, that Eagles game was not friendly to us. So, 
um, a lot of things. Keith, how, how and how can the Broncos rebound offensively and defensively? Let's let's touch on the offense first. How do we rebound offensively? How do we get this team moving the ball and getting the ball into the end zone? I mean, what what do you need to to see against coming out of this bye week? You, you know, for me, obviously, Pat Shermer comes back um, off of off of COVID, comes back in, and and for me, he needs to be able to in an off season. I'm sorry, in a bye week, you need to put together a game plan that's a little bit more detailed than what you came out with before. And for for me, um, obviously, I need to see the run game. Um, I want to see the run game though with the pulling blockers that we saw when we when we we went into Dallas and we dominated. Um, it was a completely different run game approach. Everyone saw it, and we were we were dedicated to it, and we dominated the game in that aspect. The other thing that I want to see is some pre-snap snap motion. I mean, the one thing that I hate is that we're trying to diagnose this de- defense in 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 Matt's favorite uh, f- favorite uh, wide receiver set, which is a five wide receiver set, no tight ends. It does not keep anybody in. And we just stand there hoping we can diagnose the defense where if we can just get a little bit of motion in there, um, get, you know, get a Judy moving around like we saw in Dallas once again, not to keep going back to just some one single game, but it was those key little things that really opened up this offense and gave, gave us, uh, you know, scoring abilities and, and, moving the ball abilities without having to worry about completely changing the offense from what Pat Shermer likes to do. So. Guys, Mike was muted. Um, <laughs> okay. I thought it was me. I was like, Oh no, the headphones again. Dang it. Dang it. I was no, it's my, it's my night to have technical difficulties. Um, We've talked about this before. We all know the 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 key to success for this offense is run the ball. Run, run, run. We cannot let Teddy Bridgewater chuck the ball 40 times a game. You know, that's just not a recipe for success with Teddy Bridgewater or this offense. So my question to you is Melvin Gordon, you know, fumbles the ball, you know. I mean, we're driving down, we're getting ready to score, fumbles the ball, and then the tackle happened. So um, do you think that fumble is really going to impact him? And is, is Vic going to finally lean on Javante Williams a little bit more? Absolutely. He should. I, I mean, Vic's known for throwing players in the doghouse occasionally. I mean, we seen what happened earlier with Kyle Fuller. Uh, I, I mean, this is a, this is a big one without that fumble. We don't have the question of the Teddy Bridgewater mishap. We don't have the, we, we possibly changed the momentum of that game. Had that fumble not happened. We get that first down, we move forward. The ball keeps going. That was just as big of a momentum shift as the, the, the lack of tackling ability of Teddy Bridgewater or lack of tackling effort. It it was a huge momentum swing. It deterred the game. Uh, Do I think we see a change? No, I know Vic trusts his, I mean, I know Pat trusts his vets and he wants to do this running back committee. Uh, I mean, I, I also don't trust Pat with running backs. And if you ask me, what are we going to see this week? I'm going to probably tell you, we're going to see a lot of three wide sets. And we're going to try to make Teddy throw north of 35 times. That's probably what's going to happen. 
Uh, I mean, that's what happens more often than not. And it's unfortunate because this, we, Keith hit the nail on the head. This team is built on the run game and the efficiency of this offense. But we can't remain efficient when we're not utilizing the run. But bottom line is it's time to let Javante, Javante Williams, carry the rock. We need this kid is the energizer bunny to this team. He is the only spark of that offense right now. And I don't know why we don't give him the ball more often. And before you two us off, Keith, you ever mentioned five words again, man. Those are fighting words. <laughs> fighting words. Don't ever mention. <laughs> What's Long that? I said the five wide receiver set. Those are fighting words. Oh, you don't want to see those? <laughs> Never again. Ever. Ever. Never. If I ever see an empty set again, I might just walk out, close the TV and say, screw this. All right. <laughs> Keith, what, what's Teddy need to do to be better? I mean. There's been concerns about, you know, the way he's, he's uh, you know, played since the concussion that he was rushed back from and, and everything else. So um, what do you need to see from Teddy? Well, I think you're just trying to set me off. I keep bringing that up. I'm just, you trying, think to, that Teddy, I'm just yeah. trying to set Matt up or set Matt off, actually. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I, I'm Joe Cool today. All right. Uh, ooh. Uh, so for me, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, it kind of goes back to what my, some of the keys of the offense is. It, I need him to start diagnosing plays a lot quicker. Um, he needs to get the ball out of his hand. He needs to make better decisions to throw the ball away. He needs to make better decisions on when he needs to leave the pocket. So just, I think his decision making is fantastic. If the, if he at least can get a, a general read for the offense and and get through to a second or third read, where it, where I struggle is when he doesn't get through uh, to second or third reads. It seems like he's he's not scrambling well. He's takes sacks. He doesn't throw away the ball very well. Um, he's not throwing interceptions, but he's he's not making completions. And for me, like I said, if we can get some zip on those passes coming out. Um, within the first, you know, three seconds of the, you know, getting the ball, then that's a different offense than what we've seen from Teddy Bridgewater as well. So Matt, um, keep it simple. He's got to tackle better, Dave. Just for you, he's got to tackle oh, better. He definitely does have tackle better. Got to tackle. So, better. I think he's done a lot of tackle drills this week, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Matt, um, I, I'm going to ask you, and I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to just ask you this question anyway. All right, let's go. So if Teddy Bridgewater comes out and continues to struggle, like Keith said, struggling with his reads, struggling to get the ball out quick, struggling to go through his progressions, you know, and, and you know, and we fall behind big, you know, more than 14, 14 points or so, do they just finally say, you know what, let's throw Locke in there and see if he can do something? Or, or are you <laughs> – Thoroughly convinced that this coaching staff is never going to put Locke on the field. I am thoroughly going to stand by my, you know, what I said earlier, what I've said numerous times, even before the season started. I don't feel that there is confidence in Drew Locke as a quarterback. Um, I don't think he sees the field this season unless unfortunate, there's an unfortunate injury. Um, and the more I think about it, the more it, it, I thought, you know, let's just see what the kids got. Let's see what the kids got. Let's see what he can bring to the table. Uh, if there was any confidence in him, or any real belief that this guy could be the option, we would have already seen him. He would have been out there. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have had these questions of Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you, you know, we've heard numerous other people say the same exact statement. It, it's a lot harder to go from starting your veteran quarterback to the guy he replaced and putting the guy out there and then letting the veteran replace him. It, it's just a complex dynamic. And 
if there was legit confidence, I think he would have been out there and got the first crack at it. So I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And at this point, you know, those extensions we just talked about, they don't really scream support for Drew Locke is going to get a chance to prove he's an option. It, it, it proves that either they're going to invest in Teddy, they sign two of his favorite, I mean, you know, he has his favorite target. Um, I, I just don't think we see him at all. Okay. All right. Let's roll on to the defense, guys. Um, the defense was horrible against Jalen Hurts in the RPO, and we're facing another quarterback. We saw it against the Steelers. Herbert can run. I mean, he can pull down the ball and run. So he, uh, north we, of ninety rushing yards this week, baby. North of ninety rushing change, yards. Do we change up the way we we handle this? I mean, what do we have to do to slow this guy down? And He's probably about a 10 times better passer than Jalen Hurts as well. So, and probably has a better receiving core. If so. you're asking my opinion of, of what uh, coverage I would play, I'd probably play a uh, man on the outside and over the top and put zone over the mi- in the middle and, and use some blitzing techniques with some, with some stunts up front and uh, call it a good day. I wouldn't, I think every time we go into a game overthinking the running qu- quarterback, we put a defense out there that absolutely gets lit up. We've done it against Baltimore. We did it against the Eagles. Um, for some reason, it seemed like we didn't care about uh, what Dak Prescott was doing, and we came out there and, and did fantastic. So for me, hopefully we come out there with a different plan because every time we come out there with a plan for a running quarterback, it's the worst defense we've put together all year long. Okay. All right, Matt, same thing to you. I mean, how do you, how do you – how do you roll out the defense to to uh, try to stop? You got Eckler, you got to stop. You got Herbert, you got Keenan Allen, you got Williams. I mean, these these guys are loaded. I mean, yeah. what do we have to do in a in a quick under one hundred word response? I, I, I'll I'll do you one better. I'll save my keys to that offense for this this weekend. Pre-game. I'll, I'll, I'll let, it, let it savor for a minute, but I will say Vic Fangio's kryptonite is the running quarterback. It's the fe- It's not even the running quarterback itself. It's just the fear. He overcommits. Mm-hmm. He's got the old school mentality, and he in, until he can show that he can stop it, teams will continue to expose his you know zero blitz, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible defensive game plan for running quarterbacks. Um, it's a kryptonite. If if you know Vic Fangio is a superhero, running quarterbacks would completely just often <laughs> they would just be done. So, <laughs> just call it quick. You know, yeah. we'll we'll we'll, get, we'll start digging the grave for him. All right, all right, guys. So, boy, we get a heavy dose, heavy uh, a heavy dose of football on Thursday. First off, let's just go around really quick. Do it, Keith. What's your Thanksgiving plans? What do you got going on? What's your What's your typical Thanksgiving spread look like? Well, my Thanksgiving uh, went from three, uh, me, my wife, and my my youngest kid be, um, coming back home from across town, you know, for Thanksgiving, to uh, ballooning to seven as the in-laws all came over and I got my nephew coming over. So um, we're, you know, typical spread. I think it's uh, the all-American spread. We got the turkey, mashed potatoes, uh, stuffing, you know, we'll be... Uh, can't think of it cranberry sauce you know it's 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 everything that you, that you, you think of it's all american and uh but most, most importantly it's going to be with a little bit more family which will be awesome so all right and matt i'm i'm taking it you're probably going to have the biggest house full of guests 
just from the way um, you were talking about all the people flying in and and everything else. So how many oh, people yeah. are you going to have at your house? Well, and, look, I'll just put it to you this way. I get to have three Thanksgivings because of how big our family is. So I go to Pueblo. We, we bring Pueblo in from Arizona. They fly into Denver. From Denver, we go to Pueblo and we do it there. Thursday, we do it at my wife's house, uh, at my wife's parents' house. And then Friday, we do it at our house with my my family here in Denver. Um, large family, man. So we get three Thanksgivings, three turkeys, like 10 pumpkin pies, all the good stuff. So it, it, I'm going to put on about 25 pounds. So that's going to a wide receiver to offensive line. Yeah, no more wide receiver, right? You're going to take Cush's job. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if the hips could handle that. But you we'll know, see. and and ours went from uh, we were going to have probably about eight people over. Now I think it's going to be about four people. I still got a 23 pound turkey that I'm because I bought it already. So uh, going to smoke a 23 pound turkey. Um, and then we'll have all the other spreads, you know, and do that and. So it'll be a, a, a quiet one. So let's get on to the games. Three games. I mean, do you guys like that um, the NFL's added that Thursday night game now on Thanksgiving and sort of gotten away from the traditional Dallas and Detroit? Dallas is on every year. Detroit's on every year. Now we get something that, you know, as we're sitting in our food comas, you know, to, to watch a game and a at least this one might be entertaining, the Bills and the Saints. So let's start with the night game first because it seems like it might be the most entertaining out of the three games. Who do you like, Keith? I mean, what do the Bills need to do to right this ship? Because this thing is uh, sort of going off off course, isn't it? Man, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride, man, up in Buffalo. Uh, they lose to the Jags 9-6. to six. They win to the, versus the Jets 45-17. to 17. And then they come back and they lose the Colts forty-one to fifteen. They 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 won't inspire a whole lot of confidence in trying to make a pick this week, even though we got Trevor Simeon out there, familiar name, out yes. there leading the Saints, and he didn't do all that great last game. I mean, a couple of interceptions, three TDs, a couple of interceptions, but uh, man, what do they need to do? I I, I don't know what it is, man. I, I'd have to go back and see what they're doing wrong because my goodness, the roller coaster they're on is amazing. I, you know, if I had to choose a, I don't know if we're doing scores here, but I think this is going to be still a close game. But maybe the Saints end up winning this game, twenty to seventeen. I, I don't little, know. It, it, throw it, a little it, voodoo on them, huh? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Saints Thanksgiving Day, man. I don't know, man. The turkey legs abound. I don't know. Yeah. What What do you got, Matt? I'll keep it short and simple. You know, Bills are struggling. It's the roller coaster. I mean, the Saints, they got Trevor Simeon. So, you know, a lot of what's Key saying. But, it, you know, I think the Bills come in and they they get they take care of what they need to take care of. Uh, Josh Allen's a great quarterback. Ryan Dabble's a great offensive coordinator. McDermott's a great head coach. They bring home the W. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go with Matt on this one. I, I think the Saints are beat up with their running back room. I mean – so Mark Ingram, not sure if he's going to go. Kamara's, you know, hurting. There's r- rumors on the street that they might bring in uh, Philip Lindsay, who just got waived or released by the by the Texans. So who who knows what's going to happen there? And then Keith, you said it too. We got Trevor Simeon, you know. So, but Trevor is probably the winningest quarterback we've had since Peyton Manning retired, right? So yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, the Bears and the Lions. The Detroit Lions 
we were all watching them saying, is this team going to go 0-17? Well, well, they screwed luckily that up. The, luckily, the Steer, Steelers bailed them out on that one. So the worst they can go is 0-16-1. Good the job, Bears. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure my wife was not happy about that game. Trust me. Um, <laughs> the, the Bears and the Lions, who you got, Matt, really quick? <laughs> oh, I got the Bears hands down. Andy Dalton starting too, I believe. Yes, he is. Yeah, um, Bears win. Not even close. Bears win. Keith, you, you going to go Lions? I'm going Lions, baby. I, I think oh. they're going to get a win. It, it's yeah. Thanksgiving. You know, it, it's time yeah. to give give one to somebody. Give one to the Lions, man. I think they can I, pull I'm it out. I'm feeling you, Keith, and I'm I'm going with the Lions as well. I think Jared Goff is going to outplay uh, Andy Dalton, and the, the Lions are going to be on a roll now. So yeah, watch this, out. This might be the battle of the kickers, guys, not the battle of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay. My well, decision maybe, was maybe, be- Maybe, maybe it will we, be. Who knows? They got they got staff. They got uh what the heck's his name? Prater. Oil? No. Prater. Is Prater in no, Detroit still? Not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, okay. No. Never mind. That's how much I pay attention to Detroit. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so if it's right. a battle of the kickers, though, I might be wrong because you know Chicago has terrible luck with kickers. So okay, man, so I might just correct. jinx myself. The two thirty game, this one comes right around when everybody's eating, you know. The Cowboys and the Raiders. So I got a question, Matt. You're in Colorado. I'm not sure, Keith, if you'll have this on up there. So Thursday is Colorado Rapids uh, soccer playoff game. You know, would you watch? You're shaking your head. No, you'd rather watch the Cowboys and the Raiders over the Rapids, Matt. And to be honest, I might be sleeping. Well, no, if, if you're awake, if you're awake, are you going to support your hometown Rapids or are you going to watch the Raiders and the Cowboys? Why you got to, why you got to challenge my, 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 my Colorado nature here? You know, you're trying to get me to lose my native card here or what? See, now I have a good reason not to watch the Cowboys and the Raiders because these are two teams that are both going like this. And I don't know if I really want to watch it after consuming way too much food. What I want to see, though, we still got to play the Raiders. I want to see where they're at. You know, I'm all about evaluation and preparedness oh, for yeah. when it comes to football, football I stuff. Love, I love I love how he got out of this. He's talking about how tired he's going to be, but he's going to be evaluating. <laughs> sure you are, Matt. Hey, hey. <laughs> evaluating the inside of your eyelids. So. <laughs> I, I understand football a lot better like oh. this. All right? It's going to be fine. All right. Um who you got in the game, Matt? Cowboys or Raiders? Oh, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I think the Raiders win. Cowboys struggled against the AFC West. Keith, if oh, you man. were given the choice, would you watch this game or would you watch the soccer game? You know, you've kind of enticed me a little bit with the with the Rapids game, man. Because I'll be honest, I hate cheering for either one of these teams. I don't want to cheer for the Raiders. I don't want to cheer for the Cowboys. I don't want either one of these teams to necessarily win. So... Maybe I, maybe I, you know, maybe I'll tune in. It's on Fox. It, the, I, I might just have to tune in. Buddy. Yeah, I, the I, rapid, I, the rapid games on Fox at two thirty. So that's what I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to watch the the Raiders and the Cowboys. If I want to evaluate, that's why they have YouTube and all these other you media know sources. Reality, what I'll probably be doing is watching like Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. You know, I, I got a tribe underneath me, so we'll probably do that. This guy instead. has all the excuses, doesn't he? He just cannot does. support his home. Do you just, want, do you just want me to be honest? I don't like soccer. I, I'm not a soccer fan either, but it's our hometown team, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bandwagon with them. Go for it. So, you do that. All right, Keith, who do you got in this game? Cowboys Raiders. 
Oh, man. Um, I'll go with my heart. Since I, I wanted the Lions to win, I want the Cowboys to win just so we have a better chance in the AFC West. Uh, yeah, Raiders no. get notched, notched down a spot. But 13 points by the Raiders last game, nine points by the Cowboys. I mean, you this could be like a food coma type of snooze fest if you're watching this game after Thanksgiving. Yeah, def- definitely. So um, I'm going to go with the uh, Cowboys as well. I I don't trust the Raiders, so they've just sort of self-destructed. So, all right, guys. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us on a Tuesday evening. Uh, next week, we'll be back to our normal uh, our normal uh, Wednesday show. We just did it this week because of Thanksgiving. So, but hey, everybody, we'll be back on Sunday. We got our pregame. We got our postgame uh, before the Chargers game. So. Uh, but everybody, thanks for watching. You know, please like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. You know, get out there, follow us. You know, help us grow. Let your friends know about us. If you like what we do, let your friends know. And everybody, have a safe, safe holiday. And uh, make sure you're back with us on on uh, Sunday to uh, break down the game. All right, Matt, Keith, any final shots before we go? Real quick, Broncos got their another primetime game. Don't forget, the Broncos and Kansas City Chief game has been flexed to Sunday night football next week. That is true. So, Keith, any parting shots? Oh, just go out there, uh, enjoy your uh, dinner, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and uh, can't wait to see you and hear you and see all those subscribers, likers, and uh, on Sunday. That'll be fantastic. All right, everybody, have a great Thanksgiving. Do not forget that James Merlat from 104.3 to Fan will be joining us next week on 4th and 99. So make sure you are here with us.